Welcome to the Power Mom Minute Podcast. This is the third installment of the Pregnancy and Parenting in a Pandemic series, which was a Facebook Live series I hosted back in April. The goal of this series was to help parents navigate all things during the pandemic. Over two weeks, I interviewed 17 experts covering different topics ranging from fertility to mindfulness to health and fitness to working from home, productivity, and more. These experts shared tangible tools, tactics, and strategies to help you survive as a parent, not only during the pandemic, but also in the future while you navigate parenthood. As a special five-week series on the Power Mom Minute podcast, I'll be sharing five of those interviews that had incredible insights into ways to navigate parenthood moving forward. I hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to watch or listen to any or all of the 17 expert interviews, you can also go to parentingpandemicseries.com to sign up for free access. On today's special episode, I'm bringing to you productivity guru and business strategist Rachel Cook. Over the last decade, Rachel has helped thousands of women entrepreneurs design predictably profitable businesses without the hustle and burnout. She is the author of the best-selling book, Fired Up and Focused, and also Your Business Sweet Spot. She also hosts a weekly podcast called Promote Yourself to CEO. Rachel has worked from home for many years, I think about 10, while running a primarily online business and raising three young kids. In this episode, she shares some of her tips and tricks on how we can actually stay productive while being at home with kids home from school, what her systems and support look like behind the scenes, the importance of executing family meetings and how she structures them, and what she's changed in her own business and how she's helping her clients make sure that they continue to survive and profit during a challenging time. For me, one of the key takeaways on the business side was how to take action quickly by really listening to what your audience is saying asking tons of questions and keep tweaking and reinventing what you're saying so that you can keep showing up and sharing useful and relevant information to your people. On the home front, I loved her advice on how they're handling having kids at home during quarantine and what they're doing with them. Instead of forcing homeschooling and doing all of the workbooks and whatnot, she's allowing them to be creative and lead the way on how they want their experience to be. So whether it's learning how to cook or learning photography or another interest that they might have, she's really leaning into allowing them to create this experience. And I absolutely love that. There's so much great insights that Rachel gives during this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. I'm your host, Stephanie Uchima-Carney, and I'm a modern-day business mama who believes you can have it all. This podcast is all about going behind the scenes of the lives and businesses of successful moms in business in order to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools that you, as a mom, can use to apply to your daily life and business. It is my mission to educate, empower, and inspire moms like yourself to build your dream business while having the freedom and flexibility to enjoy life to the fullest. Power Moms, it's time to rule the world. Now let's get started. Welcome to Pregnancy and Parenting in a Pandemic. Today, welcome our guest on this series, Rachel Cook. She is not only an Amazon best-selling author, she's an award-winning business strategist who works with mainly entrepreneurs and CEOs. She's also a mom of three and busy doing all the things right now. She just went through a big launch. She's launching a book next year. I mean, you, in my head, you do it all. I don't care what you say, but you're doing it all. So welcome, Rachel. 
Thanks for having me, Stephanie. I'm so excited about this entire series because these are the conversations I have been having with so many of my clients as far as how they manage this pandemic, running their family, and running their business. It is a lot. It is. And that's actually why I decided to do this was I was having these conversations with other people about just like one-on-one about, oh, how are you doing as a mom? How are you, you know, oh, my kids is having anxiety. How are you managing with that? Different aspects to business women talking to them. And I realized I'm like, you know, people need to hear this. So here we are having normal conversations. I would have one-on-one, but just showcasing them to everyone. So tell us a little bit about kind of what your business is all about, what you do um, and how you're working with people right now. Sure. So I'm the founder of the CEO Collective, which is actually the third iteration of my business right now. We are going through a massive pivot in the pandemic, but it is a pivot we've been planning for the last 12 months. So we are just riding that wave and continuing to go forward with the shift we already had planned. But what we do is at the CEO Collective is provide the strategy systems and support for women entrepreneurs to break into the top 10% of business owners, of women small business owners. Ultimately, my biggest goal in life is to end entrepreneurial poverty for women because I believe that women-owned businesses are going to be the transformation that the world needs. We're here to make people happier, healthier, wealthier, more connected, more intentional in their life. And those are the women that I serve. Those are the types of businesses that I want to see more of in the world. So that is the work we do at the CEO Collective. We help them become more profitable and more productive so that they can have an incredible business and make an incredible impact without the hustle and burnout. And I think that's exactly what we need right now, especially out of this pandemic. I feel like this is like the wave of the female entrepreneur. We've been saying that for a little bit, like, you know, the rise of women and stuff, but this is really the time where the world gets to see females and moms, especially just kicking butt and showcasing to the world what we can really do. And I think our skills are the ones that are going to come out of this almost the strongest. Absolutely. Like who gets more done and is more organized than a mom? If you want to see things happen, you give it to a mom. We can juggle so much because it's one, it's how we're biologically wired. We're wired to make things happen and get things done. But it's just a hidden asset. I really believe that people have undervalued women so much and the work that they do so much. And right now, more than ever, what we have been doing behind the scenes is coming to light. Even in our families, like think about how many families, both partners are now at home. And they're both seeing how much work goes into running their life. I've had more people say, my husband didn't know how much I did until he has been through this experience in the last six weeks with me. And I'm like, yeah, now they're seeing what goes into taking care of children and making sure everything runs on schedule and keeping the house running, keeping everything going and running a business. It's a lot that we are taking on. Right. It's all about that awareness and knowing that there isn't such thing as a laundry fairy. (laughs) No. There is no one there is no, you know, secret person that does the dishes. Somebody has to be in charge of that. Right. So let's go into a little bit about how to stay productive right now, because you've been working from home for a while. You have multiple, you know, you have a team, you have multiple like business things you're working on. You have three children. Talk a little bit about I guess, first of all, like how, how does it all fit into place? Like, what does this puzzle look like? And then how do you keep this puzzle together? 
So it is a puzzle. That's the thing you have to remember. There are a lot of little pieces and you have to figure out how they all fit together. So to put this all in context, I started my business 12 years ago, right after the 2008 recession. Then I got pregnant with twins who were born in January of 2010. So this entire time I've been running my business, I've been running it with babies and then toddlers and now elementary school age children. My twins are now in fourth grade. Then I got pregnant again because I didn't have enough (laughs) stuff going on. Um, And so my youngest son is seven and he's in first grade right now. So for the vast majority of running my business, I had teeny tiny humans at home who I had to keep alive and make sure they were fed and taken care of and doing all those things. And I was growing this business. I have to say I have been spoiled the last two years for all of you mamas out there with like teeny tiny people little tiny humans you're trying to keep alive, kindergarten is the best year of your life because suddenly your capacity will open up. And hopefully once your little people get to kindergarten, we won't have another stay-at-home order. But I'm now into you Hopefully, because mine is starting kindergarten in the fall. And I'm like, no, we better be going. It, we better be going out into the world. And <laughs> Right? I felt like the last two years have been amazing for me being in business because I could work from, you know, my kids got on the bus at, 7.07 a.m. And they didn't come home till 2.30. And it was like, oh my gosh, I can get so much accomplished. And that was incredible because for the first 10 years of my business, that was not the case. I was trying to piece together time to get things done in between going to preschool, going to play dates, getting my self-care in, trying to go to the gym, all of those different things. And I don't have family who could help with the kids. So I always had to hire babysitters or nannies or what have you. So right now, one of the biggest challenges I'm seeing for a lot of parents and myself included is we've lost all of those support systems that we had. I know that right now, the fact that my kids are home all the time means I, somebody has to take care of them. And I'm really lucky. My husband is a full-time stay-at-home dad. So he's that person. (laughs) And I'm, I'm really, really lucky in that regard, but I've talked to so many people who don't have somebody who can be a hundred percent on childcare. And it is a huge responsibility to be that person, especially if you are also trying to keep up with all of this homeschooling, digital learning, whatever your kid's school is now sending home. Like I have, if you want to see something really hilarious, watch 20 first graders get on a zoom call. It is chaos. Hilarious. Like my seven-year-old is like, how do you spell Dylan? Hi, Dylan. Like It's the funniest thing. But it's, it's a lot of work. And the first thing I'm, I want to say about like managing childcare and all of that, I have never been the type of mom who could be productive while I'm watching my kids at the same time. It would make me really frustrated because every time they'd come and ask me a question, mom, can I have a snack? Mom, can you do this? Can you play this game? Can you read me this book? I would just get so frustrated because I couldn't get anything done. This is where you really have to, if you have a partner at home, this is time to, you know, play zone defense. You've got to tag someone in and tag someone out about who's going to be in charge of the kids until they're old enough to manage themselves. Was he a stay-at-home dad when your kids were younger too, or was this more of a recent thing? No, he was a seventh grade English teacher up okay. until our youngest child was born. And then my business had grown so much. And he was at that point, a decade into teaching and he was kind of burned out on it. And I was like, okay, no problem. Come home. 
So he's that puts a lot of pressure on you now because you are yeah. not only the mom, you are also now the breadwinner per se. And so yeah. how how are you managing, I guess, that too right now when you're like, I need this business to, you know, work also through this pandemic with all this mm-hmm. stuff going on. Plus you have this like responsibility for all your clients. How are you handling this? So because I'm a business strategist and I work with small business owners, this has not been a vacation for me. I'll be really honest. I, I have been in triage mode with all of my clients. I have the first couple of weeks of this, I had more calls on my calendar than I've ever had in years because I have businesses across the entire spectrum, everything from in-person yoga studios and dance studios and boutique wellness centers, all the way to online teaching and training and coaching businesses. And so I've had some people who have been massively impacted by this as in what they were doing to make money is now no longer allowed to operate. And they have had to quickly shift gears in order to keep revenue coming in the doors. And then people who've, you know, it's just been a matter of, okay, how far, how fast can I tweak the copy on this and change what I'm doing? So for us, we just had to get really clear. And my husband knows, like, I'm the sole breadwinner. If I don't make sure the business is bringing in revenue, we don't pay our mortgage. We don't eat. Like, these are very real things. So he just knew, like, when it came to this all happening, I had to be able to show up and do this. I had to be able to show up and talk to my clients and do the work. And he had to be 100% on the game with the kids. And he had to be 100% on the house and 100% on groceries and meal planning and all of those things. And so how do you kind of structure your day then? Do you just go into your office and you're like, okay, from eight to this, it's like, you know, mommy's working and you're out there. Like, how are you structuring the way it looks? Yeah. It's looked a little different every week, to be honest. I mean, we're in week six now. And to be honest, the first four weeks of all of this happening, I was definitely in what a lot of us were in, kind of that shocked state where you weren't really feeling grounded in what's happening. And that was exhausting. That was really exhausting. So for me, I was sleeping a lot for the first four weeks of this. Our schools here closed down on, I think it was March 16th. And the week prior to that, I knew things were going to start closing because that's when I had to cancel my in-person event and change it to a virtual event and then shift all the gears around. But I knew by March 16th, this was getting really, really serious. And I just knew I had to do whatever it would take for me to be able to work probably from like nine until about four, which is a lot more than I normally work. Normally, prior to this, I work like 25 hours a week. Right now, I'm definitely putting in 40, 50 hours a week because I have been, anybody who's a client of mine has been reaching out. Can I get on your schedule? Can I talk through this? Can I figure this out? All of the people in my mastermind, we've all had additional sessions. So I've had to definitely show up a lot right now in order to just keep, it's really been triaging these businesses that I support because for a lot of them, they've got to make decisions very, very quickly or else their business won't be here. Right. And how are your children reacting to this? I'm curious because usually probably you drop them off at the bus or whatnot. They're at school. They don't know what you do when they're at school. It's like, whatever, mommy's at home. Like they don't see this. And then they come home and I'm sure that's when you have like your time with them and you get to spend as family. But right now you're probably locking yourself in an office and how are they managing Exactly. How are they kind of reacting to that? And how are you able to, I guess, also not combat that, but like 
how are you able to manage that relationship when they like do want to knock on the door and they want mommy because they know mommy's right there? So one thing I'll say is about two weeks before this all happened, my husband and I were looking at additional office space for me to rent. And I was like, oh, I don't want to put down a contract anywhere right now. I I just had this feeling that I shouldn't sign a lease anywhere. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) Which was like a good bit of intuition, right? And so I started looking because my office, we live in a a tri-level house. So my office actually just has a big cased doorway. It didn't have a door. And I was like, I'm worried about summer coming up and the kids being home. They're just getting, you know, they need so much more from me. I need a door. And so I hopped on like homedepot.com and started looking, what doors do you have in stock? And so a week before all this happened, my husband installed a door on my office. <laughs> it was such perfect timing because I could have never realized. And that in itself has been a major help because before my kids would walk back and forth between it's my office and next to it is the laundry room. And then you go up the stairs to the kitchen And they would have walked back and forth and they would see me every time they walk from the laundry room up to the kitchen. And now there's a door there. So they know when the door's closed, mom is working. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing that has really helped them kind of stop. The other thing is I bought myself some noise canceling headphones. I highly recommend them. They were on sale at target.com and they shipped (laughs) to me two days later. My husband and did the same thing. He just bought himself a pair because he, I kicked him, I kicked him out of the room because I'm like, yeah. I need this space. So now he's actually, he's working outside right now. He was in our like living room in the middle of everything. Yeah. He needed noise canceling headphones in order to, to focus. Yeah. It's a game changer. So everybody, if you can hear your children and they're making you crazy, these are the beats. <laughs> these are the older model. I was going to save the 50 bucks from the newer model but they're amazing. And so I literally put them on in between the door and the headphones. They, they know that I'm working. And the other thing that really helps is my kids know what I do. Like they understand kind of a bit about what I do now they're little, so they don't always understand. But about a year ago, I teach local workshops and I host a local event and I brought my twins who are 10 to that workshop. They were going to be my assistants to pass out worksheets and things like that. And it was like an hour long workshop. But they got to see me in a room with 30 people who had shown up to learn from me. And they were like, whoa, mom, you're like a teacher. Are you like famous? All these people came to learn from you. And I was like, I'm totally famous. (laughs) And yes, this is what I do. I teach people and I help them. So they kind of have an idea of what I'm doing and they understand kind of a bit about you know, what's going on and why this is so important. Cause we talk to them at 10 years old, they're old enough to understand, like you need money to buy things and people's businesses is how they pay for things. So mommy's helping make sure other families can pay for their stuff. I feel like that's something, a hard conversation that I could try and explain to like my, at least the five-year-old, because he's always like, why are you guys always working? And I'm like, well, you want Legos, you want these things, like mommy and daddy have to work to buy these things. And I, he still doesn't quite understand that concept yet, but I liked how you brought your kids there to see it because the like word work means nothing to yeah, them. They don't like it. he'll start coloring. He's like, mommy, I'm at work. And I'm like, oh, work was only just coloring, honey. <laughs> but they, yeah, that's they get it as you go along. And I was raised by, I mean, my dad has owned a business for 40 years. So I was raised coming to see his office. And my first job was cleaning and tidying up his office. He would pay me to do like filing. This was like the eighties, nineties when there were actual filing cabinets yeah. and no computers. 
But I, that was my first job was filing things in my dad's insurance agency. So I've always tried to expose them to kind of what I do. And they see like they've seen videos of me. They've seen interviews I've done. So they kind of understand that I'm a teacher. That's how they understand best. And so they get it. They understand that when the door's closed and mommy's in here, mommy's working and dad is the parent in charge. (laughs) And so how is your husband handling all of this? How is, I mean, it's almost like kind of not necessarily role reversal, but like, how is your husband keeping his kind of like sanity and tank at, you know, 100 and how is he structuring things and how is all that and relationship? (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I will say my husband is a better parent than me. I mean, I'm not even kidding. He is the one who loves being with the kids. He is the one who likes to play, who comes up with games. He has always been a gamer. He collects board games for fun. He collects comic books for fun. So he's on their level a lot of the time in a way that sometimes I have a hard time with. Like if they want to read a book, I'm I'm the person. If they want to do an art project, I'm the person. But if they want to play a game or play sports or run around, like that's not me. So he's been in his element with them. One of the first things we did, and we've always been pretty structured with our family. We've had to, because when you have twins, you are automatically outnumbered. (laughs) So they've all been raised with a schedule and with a routine. They're used to the idea of a routine as as long as we've had children, they've always kind of had a rhythm to our days. And so one of the first things we did when we started keeping the kids home is I sat down with all of them. We just had a family meeting, which is something we do all the time. I highly recommend once your kids are preschool, kindergarten up, you can start having a family meeting. One of them is in charge of writing the notes down. (laughs) So they're engaged in it. And we talked about, hey, we're going to be home for a while. What should we focus on each day? And my kids instantly came up with kind of based on what they were doing in their class, because all their classes have routines, all their classes have schedules. And my seven-year-old said, mom, let's start and we'll do some quiet reading. And then we'll do like some puzzles or quiet, you know, games or things like that. And then we can do some workbook time and then we can have iPad time. That's his favorite time is iPad time. Of course. (laughs) And so he literally talked me through the day that he was having in first grade. And he said, I said, okay, bud, this sounds really great. How are we going to set that up around the house? And so we got little index cards out and they wrote like what they, the stations were going to be because they're used to using wow. stations in school. So our dining room became workbook station. They have a, a note card on the window in the dining room. All their notebooks are right on top of the table there. And that's where they all come to sit down and do their workbooks or whatever worksheets or things that their teachers have sent out to us. They wanted to have a reading station and we're readers anyway, as you can tell, like I'm surrounded by books here. I've always been a reader. So my kids are readers. And so they each got a little bucket. We went just around the house and found like little baskets or bucket. They each got one and they filled it with books they wanted to read. And then they set their little book bucket on the sofa or the chair, wherever they wanted to sit in the living room. They grabbed a stuffed animal. They grabbed a blanket. They grabbed a pillow and they made their little reading areas. And they just continued doing that through the house. They started making little stations for themselves. And that's something that came from them saying, Hey, this is like what we do at school. Let's make stations. Let's have a routine. Let's have a schedule. And I was like, cool, this is great. And they've been following that most days. 
because Which is they awesome. were involved with it. They were the they ones who had the idea. So they feel that yeah. that's so good. That's just like, it, it's involving them in the process versus like, here's your schedule for the day. We're going to do school at this time. We're going to do X, but instead yeah. asking them, although I'm not sure what to do when they say like, well, we don't want to do that. We just want to have playtime. That's a little, but. Well, and I kind of have the belief right now we're going through this massive collective trauma. And while the kids might not understand what's going on, they can feel what's going on. My kids are really sensitive and I know they have felt some of the anxiety and the stress. So we just decided that, you know what, at the end of the day, our priority is to make sure they feel loved and cared for more than they feel like they need to, you know, check something off a list. So we kind of follow their lead every day and see how they're doing. A couple of things that have really, really helped with that. I mean, our family meeting is really important and this has just become a habit that we have where we're checking in with each other. Did you do that before this to have family meetings? Yeah. Okay. It's actually what something you normally talk about during these family meetings. We would talk about, so my daughter came up with yays and yikes, which is her idea of like a, what was great and what wasn't great today or this week. And so we always start with yays and yikes. What was awesome? What wasn't awesome? And they tell us, and then we talk about our calendar, what's coming up. And then we talk about any problems they might be having. What, what's going on right now? What challenges are you having? And we all figure out how to handle this together. We also talk about what kind of projects they want to tackle together. So that's kind of been our ongoing thing with family meetings. It's something we started pretty early on for them okay. because I knew that if I could engage them with creating their calendars and telling us what they wanted to focus on, they would more be more likely to actually do those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And do you do it like on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Do you do weekend or just like once a week? Yeah, we do it once a week. Usually on the weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday morning, we are big breakfast people here. We love breakfast. My kids love making breakfast. So that's a perfect time for our family meeting. (laughs) And then every night we have, I mean, right now we have dinner together. Everybody's having dinner together every night, but that's kind of been our normal. So we always ask for yays and yikes at dinner too. That's amazing. So in your day and and with all of this going on, um, obviously there's been a lot more added to your plate work-wise too. Um, what are some of the things say at home or even in your business that you're letting go of right now? Things that you normally yeah. would have done, cared for, prioritized that you're kind of saying like, okay, you just got moved to the bottom of the list. What are those things? <laughs> So I think everybody's going through this right now. The biggest thing for me is I had to realize my bandwidth with a lot of this. When we're going through a trauma response, our brain actually starts to shut down certain things because it's overwhelmed and it's trying to self-protect. And I knew that because I've studied trauma and I understand what happens. So I realized, one, I needed to simplify as much as possible. So we did things like we had already planned a launch for the end of March and we pushed it back a week because I was like, hold on. I need a moment to like see what's happening here. And we ended up pushing it back a week and then we continued, but we tweaked a few things. I I realized I needed to be responsive right now more than anything. And I needed to pay attention to what my people were telling me. And this is where anybody who's in business, the best thing you can do is pay attention to what your clients are talking about. And this is one reason why I follow my clients on social media. I pay attention to what they're talking about and you know, our paid Facebook groups, because I want to know, like, what are their concerns? What are they feeling? What's going on right now? And that helped me to tweak some copy. And I rewrote some emails to make sure that we could continue that launch, but we pushed it back. We adjusted. 
the other thing is I just started simplifying things. Like half of the things that we had planned for that launch just got crossed off the list. We were like, this is not essential. What is essential is emails to a sales page, emails to a sales page, everything else would be awesome. But if I don't have the bandwidth to show up on an Instagram story or on a Facebook live right now, like I just had to let that go. That wasn't going to be the top priority. And I, I think whittling it down really helped a lot. Actually, on a business side of things, I had a question from you uh, for you about sales. So a lot of people are scared to sell right now. That's like been a big thing in the online entrepreneur world. Like, you know, like, yeah. do we market? Do we sell? Like, how can we sell when people are losing their jobs and all this guilt and everything is kind of, you know, there's either the fear mongers or they're the like, yeah. no, this is the perfect time. What are your thoughts on all of this? And how did you, you said you tweaked copy, you listened to what they said. What are kind of the conversations they were having that you were like, oh, these are things that they're concerned about. And then how, yeah, how did you go about sales? Were you just like, you know, this is, I, the world needs this product right now. Um, It's not time to sit back and... Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have had all those questions and I felt all those questions. Like I had all these questions myself. Should we continue with this? And at the end of the day, I have to keep back coming back to the lesson that I've had to learn the very hard way, which is other people's money is none of my business. My business is to show up and tell them how I can help, but their money and their situation is none of my business. So I can't assume I know their business. I just know my business. So this is really, really important because if you are assuming your people on your in your audience or in your community can't afford something or can't buy something right now or have lost their... Like, do you really know those things 100%? You probably don't. Most of us assume those things because we're reading headlines that are being thrown at us left, right, and center. So we don't know. All we can do is show up and be useful and relevant and helpful. That's it. That's all we can do. So... For our launch, I mean, I'm reading what people are saying and I'm following along with challenges they're having. And basically what it comes down to that I was seeing is I was showing up, I was sharing useful, relevant information. I put together um, a group for all of my alumni clients that I was not planning to launch for a while. I went ahead and pre-launched it and opened it up for all of my former paid clients. And I did four Facebook lives for them prior to launching my own program. Cause I was like, Hey, you've paid me in some way, shape or form. If I'm going to show up and give information, I'm going to give it to you first. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to go out to the public. I'm going to show up and talk to you first. And I just kept showing up and answering the questions they had. And the biggest questions they were all having were around, do I need to change my message right now? Is my offer the right offer? And most of the time, their offer could be delivered and and talked about. It was just tweaking it a tiny bit. It was tweaking the way they were talking about it by making it more relevant and useful. So I had a a huge number of clients who were already talking to stay-at-home moms. (laughs) And those moms were now at home with children. So clients of mine who are doing incredibly well Client, I have so many clients who write homeschool curriculum who their businesses oh my goodness. <laughs> are blowing up right now. I've seen clients and uh, colleagues of mine who are teachers who've been writing curriculum for other teachers who right now are getting their curriculum picked up by school districts around the country who decided to launch a conference for art teachers that was 100% virtual when their real conference, their normal conference got shut down because of this. And they made a ton of money off of that because they 
were able to take action very quickly. I have clients who, one of my favorite clients has a yoga program for postpartum women who have diastasis Ooh. recti. I feel and, like I need that. <laughs> okay, I'll send you the link. Yes, I um, actually do. <laughs> we are in yoga, Catherine Middlebrooks. She's amazing. And she's having one of her best months ever. And she was like, Rachel, I'm having one of my best months ever. Is this totally crazy? And I'm like, no, it is the combination of you have the right offer at the right price point and your audience is captive right now. They are at home and trying to figure, you know, they're trying to do things. I have a client who has a knitting program. She's one of the top knitting YouTube channels. And right now she is selling so many knitting patterns you would not believe because everybody's picking up a hobby. I have a client who's a professional photographer who lost almost all of her photography business, but then she started launching these photography for kids classes that were live and just five days long. And she's selling those out like crazy. And so it's been for those people, it's been about being, how can I be the most useful and relevant to my audience Mm -hmm. and tapping into what's going on for their audience. And if their audience is primarily moms who are at home right now, it's been self-care. It's been hobbies. It's been how to entertain my children, how to organize my house, (laughs) how how to stay focused during all this time. All of those things are going incredibly well. Right. And it's about taking action quickly on it too. And being there and not having that fear of like, oh, I can't be selling my product or whatnot, just showing up and doing it and putting out useful content. That's uh, yeah. And what's the worst that's going to happen? You might have one person email you and try to say, how dare you sell something right now? But you know, who doesn't feel guilty about selling right now, Jeff Bezos, he's making (laughs) a killing right now. Exactly. (laughs) Small business owners need that more than Mm -hmm. him. That's for sure. He's increasing his wealth a ton right now because everybody's utilizing that service because it's convenient when we're all at home. So Mm -hmm. think more like Jeff Bezos. Are you offering something that is useful and relevant and convenient to them right now that serves a need right now? Then don't feel guilty about it. People want your help. And that advice is for any time, actually, because that's what people forget. They get very complacent. They get very like, oh, you know, like it, they go on autopilot and I feel like that's where that's how you innovate. That's how you like, you know, reinvent or whatnot is always be thinking about what is relevant right now and what can you sell to. So back to the letting go question, you had to uh, physically let go of childcare and um, cleaning and all of that. So what other things at home personally, not in your business that are you letting go of that are just going to the wayside right now? I had a great home team. Now, let me be clear. I don't do all this by myself. I I require a lot of help (laughs) in my life. And I've set it up that way because I don't believe my highest and best value to the world is cleaning or cooking or picking up groceries. Like that's just it. We don't have a housekeeper right now. And I've usually had a housekeeper every week for a decade. So right now our house is a little bit in disarray. I'm very type A. I like things a certain way. I have had to get over it. I have had to just make peace with the fact that there may be dishes in the sink and also that my 10 year olds are old enough to unload and load the dishwasher. (laughs) So this is a learning opportunity. We're going to enroll the children into the housekeeping. 
Are you that person that likes things like, so I like rearrange our dishwasher. And then if like someone else unloads it, I then get also annoyed if it's like, I don't know, I'm very type A too and kind of OCD about certain things. So like, if it's not done the way, like I like it, I like redo it. And I've definitely had to let go of that because I just have to remind myself it's done. Okay. Like move on. That's not my highest and best use right now. Highest and best use of time. This is something I've had to come to terms with for a long time because when my husband came to be a stay-at-home dad five years ago, I had to get over how laundry was folded, how the towels were folded, how the dishwasher was loaded. I had to get over it because otherwise it would all end up back on my plate. Right. So I've accepted those things will not be the way that I want them. My socks usually show up mismatched in my drawer and it's okay. I'm letting go of all of that expectation, <laughs> but this has been such a great opportunity for us to really get clear on, Hey, this is our kids are now going to be home. They've been home for six weeks. This is five months before school starts back for us. So we decided, I know. I know. Oh gosh. What? You guys. Oh gosh. Did that just hit you? <laughs> like wave of like anxiety. But if your kids are seven to 10, here's some chores they can do and they can learn. They can load and unload the dishwasher. They can dust, get one of those little Swiffer dusters they can dust the baseboards. They can dust around the windows and the all the things. They can do that. They can run a vacuum cleaner. We have the little small Dyson vacuum cleaner that they can all use. They all know how to use it. They can feed all the pets. They take care of the cats. They take care of the dog. They're in charge of that. That's their responsibility. The twins are now learning how to run their own laundry and they all fold their own laundry and put it away. And these are just the things that we're teaching them right now. We were like, hey, you know what? This is a great opportunity for us to teach them these life skills. And they're going to learn how to do these things. So when they get older and move out, I mean, my twins are 10. We have eight years before they go to college. When I met my husband, he did not know how to run laundry. He did not know how to cook a meal. He did not know how to do anything until (laughs) he left college and we got married. And I'm like, no, my kids will know this stuff. They will be independent and self-sufficient. So this is the time. We're teaching them how to cook a little bit. My daughter's expressed an interest in cooking. We went on Amazon and found these kid-safe knives so she can chop all the vegetables and she can make a, she knows how to make tuna salad. She knows how to make mac and cheese. She knows how to make a grilled cheese. Like she's telling us what she wants to learn and they're learning how to make these things. So we're encouraging them to do all of that. And yes, is it messy? Absolutely. The house is going to be a mess right now. I'm okay with that. I've, I've made peace with the fact that everything's going to be slightly sticky. We're probably going to get stains on the sofa. <laughs> There, I always say like, those are the things that are replaceable. Like, I mean, you can buy a new sofa, you can, you know, buy something to clean the sofa, you can, those types of things. But it's like the time with your children is not replaceable. Like you can't do that. So you have to let go of certain things if it allows time for that, like the family time, the time to teach your kids, the, that sort of, they'll never forget this time. They'll never, (laughs) this is going to be a defining moment for children. It is going to impact who they are as they grow up. And this is this is their moment that they're going to look back on and tell their kids. There was one time where we were at home for months and months and months. And here's what I did with my family. Mm-hmm. And when we really came to grips with that, we decided, you know what? One, we're not worried about worksheets and graded school stuff. And I told all their teachers, I was like, that's not our priority. Our priority is making them feel loved and safe. Mm -hmm. And I believe children are always learning. 
So we decided we would look to them for what they have interest in. They had an interest in photography. They signed up for a photography course. They're interested in baking. We've been watching, there's a kid's baking show on Netflix, like a competition show. And we've had a banana bread bake-off. And later this weekend, we're having a cake (laughs) bake-off. What is it called? What's the show? It's like MasterChef Kids or something like that on Netflix. There's Lego Masters. Oh, yeah. I saw that one. The Lego Masters. My kids have been so into that. Go on Pinterest and find there's like a 30-day Lego challenge where every day they have to build something new. They have been so creative because we've let them be that way. You know, we're just kind of following their lead with that. And I hope when they look back on this, when they're my age, when they're 37, I hope they remember the time when they were 10 and seven years old and how much fun they had baking and working on their outside clubhouse and making Lego stuff and having movie marathons and reading. They found my husband's collection of goosebumps books from like the nineties and reading those in the dark with flashlights. Like, I hope that's what they remember. Oh, that's, uh, I was going to say, like, I was thinking about like, what do I remember as a kid too? And it's like, I remember having dinner with my family as a whole. And like, right now, you know, when we were so busy with our lives, I realized I would like feed the kids, but then we wouldn't eat as a family. It was like only on weekends, but now we're Mm -hmm. like always eating together. And I really need to start like utilizing that better and, and making some of these traditions and things. So in the future, I mean, mine are so little, they're all five and under, but it's still like, I know that they're going to remember this forever. Maybe not the baby, but <laughs> I know the, Maybe five- not the baby, but your five-year-old will. And yeah. these are the things I feel like right now we're being presented with the opportunity to think, how is this happening for me? Not how is this happening to me? And this is why I am not trying to force myself to be super productive. I mean, I had a sprint of a solid four weeks where I was all business and it felt like all the time because of the business I have and the people I'm trying to help. But in the last couple of weeks, it's been, okay, mom needs to get up early and do her self-care. I'm having yoga with the kids because they get up when I'm in the middle of my yoga practice. How do we make sure that we're making this time as a family, making sure that my weekends are totally family only and not trying to work then? I think this is the time for us to really evaluate how do we want our work and our business and all these things to integrate with our life. Because if we're, if we're working all the time, we're never actually living. We need to not just live to work. We need to work to live. So how do we flip that around as a society? That's how we're going to move out of this in a more positive way. Oh, I love that. Well, to wrap this all up, there has been so much good information here. I wanted to ask my final question, which is what is your number one personal tip for parents right now to survive? Lower the bar. Lower the bar. We tend to hold ourselves to such incredibly high expectations. And when we do that, we're causing unnecessary stress and anxiety. And right now we just need to lower the bar and make life easier on us. The things that we think are us failing as a parent, for me, this is having, like right now, it's pizza night here. It's a freezer pizza. It's so basic. To me, for a long time, I would have made this a personal failure that we are just having something that is from the freezer going straight into the oven. It wasn't a whole meal. We didn't even try to order a pizza. Like what is wrong with us? But my kids love it. They love our $10 pizza night. (laughs) We just stock up on freezer pizzas. 
And it's simple and it's easy. So we don't have to make it overcomplicated. We can simplify it and lower the bar on ourselves. It doesn't have to be overthought. It doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. And you don't have to document everything on Instagram. Like you can <laughs> just take, take the pressure off. That's the biggest thing I think we should all be thinking about right now. And I think actually that advice can be taken after this quarantine, after the pandemic, everything is, I think it's kind of hit us over the head of, we hold ourselves to such high expectations and that doesn't need to be. And I feel like that's where we were growing towards was like, everything had to be Pinterest perfect. It has to be Instagram perfect. It has to, you have to live this like life of a mom. I think what's, what's kind of funny is to now see inside of everyone's homes through this. So like even last yeah. night, NFL draft, my husband's like, I just want to watch it. Cause I want to see all the people in their own houses and like what it's like in there versus like having this picture perfect stage and all that. But I feel like that's what yeah. this has been bringing us to bringing us literally back home and back to kind of this reality. So I love that lowering the, Lower bar. the bar or more like bringing the bar back to just, what it should be. It has been so unreasonably high, so unreasonably high for moms. It's been so unreasonably high. This is why we have the mommy wars. This is why moms carry so much guilt all of the time for not doing enough or not being enough. This is why we feel guilty about taking any time for ourselves because the bar is so high about motherhood. And I'm just like, take a break. Your kids will actually like you better if you've had that nap. Yeah. I was going to say, okay, so I said my last question, but I actually have a follow-up question <laughs> is you talked about self-care and now you're talking more about self-care. What does your self-care ritual or routine look like? Yeah. The last few weeks since I've kind of adjusted a little bit, I've been back to my waking up earlier in the mornings. I always have found I'm an introvert and just a highly sensitive person in general. So I need quiet time. And that's probably been the hardest thing for me right now is everybody's in the house all the time. That's why the noise canceling headphones, again, (laughs) here's my pitch for the Beats noise canceling headphones. (laughs) And I love the rose gold too. (laughs) I mean, they have to be on brand, right? If you're going to get it, it might as well match everything else in your brand (laughs) colors. Those have been a lifesaver for me because I'm so sensitive, but Waking up an hour earlier than the rest of the family is my self-care because I get that quiet hour in the morning where I can do my yoga practice and journal and sit with a cup of coffee without anyone asking me for a snack or to go and clog the toilet or to go get them (laughs) a, a book or read to them or entertain them. So I've been trying to wake up an hour earlier. And since I've been prioritizing that, I have seen a huge increase in my own energy and bandwidth. So those it's back to basics. It's not hard, right? It's sleep, hydration, rest, giving yourself some space. And for me, the easiest way to get that quiet time has been waking up. They wake up at 730 right now, which is an hour and a half past when they usually do. So I've been taking advantage of that fact. I was going to ask, I was like, are you waking up at 5am or nope. is this like, say, okay. Cause if you're saying 5am, I'm like, yeah, that's, going to school, we would all wake up at six cause they had to get on a bus at seven o'clock, yeah. but then they'd be gone and it was quiet here. Right. So, so then you can do yourself quiet time then. Now I'm just giving myself the quiet time now. And I told the kids they're old enough to read a clock. I was like, don't come out of your room till seven o'clock. Here's all your books. You can go to the bathroom, but you have to go back to your room. <laughs> and they've been doing that which is great. That's good. <laughs> I hear them now. <laughs> you know. They're having their pizza right now. Oh, I will let you get to dinner, but thank you so much for everything. Thank you for being here. And yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. 
Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Power Mom Minute podcast. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for the episode and other goodies over at powermomminute.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Each week, I will be reading some of those reviews on air. So stay tuned and you might just hear yours. Thank you so much again, beautiful mamas, and I'll see you here next time.